per square inch relates directly to the fidelity of the music or image. Typically, one has an interest in digitizing at a very high resolution and then using a less resolved version. The economy of bits is driven in part by the constraints of the medium on which it is stored or through which it is delivered. The number of bits that can be transmitted per second through a given channel, like copper wire, radio spectrum, or optical fiber, is the bandwidth of that channel. It is a measure of how many bits can get down a given pipe. That number or capacity needs to be matched carefully with the number of bits needed to render a given type of data. Over the past 15 years, we have learned how to compress the raw digital form of sound and picture by looking at the bits and removing the redundancies and repetitions. In fact, one of the reasons that all media have become digital so quickly is that we achieved very high levels of compression much sooner than predicted. Being digital allows you to deliver a signal with information added to correct errors such as static. On your audio CD, one-third of the bits are used for error correction. Similar techniques can be applied to television so that each home receives studio-quality broadcast. Error correction and data compression are the two obvious reasons for digital television. You can put four studio-quality digital TV signals into the same bandwidth that previously accommodated one noisy analog transmission. Consumers get a better picture and, potentially for stations, four times the audience share. Better and more efficient delivery is what most media executives think and talk about in the context of being digital. But like the Trojan horse, the consequences of this gift will be surprising. Wholly new content will emerge, as will new players, new economic models, and a likely cottage industry of information and entertainment providers. When all media are digital, because bits are bits, two fundamental and immediate results will be observed. First, bits commingle effortlessly. They can be used and reused together or separately. The mixing of audio, video, and data is called multimedia. Second, a new kind of bit is born, a bit that tells you about the other bits. These header bits can be a table of contents or a description of the data that follow. On your CD, you have simple headers that allow you to skip from song to song. These bits tell you, your computer, or a special purpose appliance about the signal. These two phenomena, co-mingled bits and bits about bits, change the media landscape so thoroughly that concepts like video on demand and shipping games down your local cable are just trivial applications, the tip of a much more profound iceberg. Think about the consequence of a broadcast television show as data, which includes a computer-readable description of itself. You could record based on content, not time of day or channel. Or what about a single digital description that can generate a program in audio, video, or textual form? And if moving these bits around is so effortless, what advantage would the large media companies have? Being digital begs such questions. It creates the potential for new content to originate from a whole new combination of sources. Broadcast television is an example of a medium in which all the intelligence is at the point of origin. The receiver just takes what it gets. Instead of thinking of the next evolutionary step of television as increased resolution or more programs, think of it as a change in the movement of some of the intelligence from the transmitter to the receiver.
A newspaper is also produced with all the intelligence in the transmitter, but it can be consumed differently by different people at different times. One way to look at the future of being digital is to ask if the quality of one medium can be transposed to another. Can the television experience be more like the newspaper experience? The answer lies in creating computers to filter, sort, prioritize, and manage multimedia on our behalf. Computers that read newspapers, that look at television for us, and that act as editors. This kind of intelligence can live in two different places. It can live at the transmitter and behave as if you had your own staff writers. A small subset of bits has been selected especially for you, perhaps to be printed in the home, perhaps to be viewed with an electronic display. The second example is one in which your news editing system lives in the receiver and the New York Times broadcasts perhaps 5,000.